Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am back. It is September 22nd. Saturday, September 22nd, before week three really kicks off the NFL season. You're listening to the Fantasy Process Report. I am Matt, and I, I after a, a fortunate absence last week, I returned to the show. Yes. Yeah, he's back on the ground. I know. He's a worker bee over here. Yeah, <laughs> it happens, but... It's 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 good and bad to be back. So it's, it's good. Why, why is it bad? Because I not only have to answer for the pathetic excuse of an Eagles game that we had last week, but I also have to answer for an 0-2 start and the lowest scoring team two <laughs> weeks in a row in fantasy. <laughs> hey, Jason, what's your record? Uh, I am barely hanging on at 1-1, one and, one, and actually I would Ooh, consider that a uh, reaching start considering well, where my roster is at with my running back situation. So, honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if I was 0-2, but 1-1, one one, I'm lucky to be there. Well, I'm over here sitting at a comfortable 2-0, and and it really occurred to me earlier in the night that my two wins have come at the, at the expense of both of you guys. God. You lost to me, and then, Jason, you also lost to me. All right, let's get the trash talk out of the way at the very beginning of the podcast, shall we? (laughs) To my credit, while I do have the fewest points for, I also have the most points against. (laughs) I don't really think that's to your credit. I think the fewest points for is going to lose you any game. I always like when people point out their points against. (laughs) See, you're allowed to point out the points against if you're, like, the second highest points for. Like if you're if you're losing to the highest points for, but you have the second highest points for, then I think that's valid. Like, oh, uh, you just ran into the guy who scored the highest amount because that always happens in fantasy. But Who's if you're just going the lowest, the lowest, then I don't think you have any defense in there. Uh, I don't know who has the most points for Nick. Why don't you enlighten us? Oh, um, it looks like it's me. Shut up. Oh, <sighs> who would have thought? Brave Race, I'm coming for you. I, I have <laughs> certainly struggled so far, so any advice I give is now with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, guys. You can all just listen to me. I mean, I'm not... God! Well, answers all of your questions on Twitter anyway, so... Yeah, it's Nick cool. is the, you can just keep the sage, you know, wise words of wisdom, and then I'm just the bad luck charm who had two of my top three picks out for various reasons. Uh, speaking Same of having here. a top three pick out... Damn, Jay Ajayi. He doesn't All right, yeah, like so, so last week we, uh, we went into the NFC teams and did like kind of an in-depth breakdown on the different players and outlooks and what's happened the past two weeks. And unfortunately, Matt was not there. But as a diehard Eagles fan, I feel like, Matt, you should, before we launch into the AFC, just give us your quick synopsis of what the Eagles have been doing so far on fantasy. I'm okay with this as well because the Eagles are indeed one and one, and when you thought you would definitely be two and zero, oh, so go ahead. Talk <laughs> the about Giants zero your... and two. Yeah, but we're not talking about the Giants this episode. Aren't the Giants zero and two. <laughs> we're talking about the Eagles. I just, I, I just before you start talking about records, <laughs> you just lost to like the worst Dallas team I've seen in a while. And well, their defense didn't look terrible. Well, but Dak looks like Dak. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, there's not much to be said about the Eagles. You got Carson Wentz back this week. Um, Look for Carson Wentz to have an absolutely massive fantasy performance tomorrow. You can take that to the bank right now. Um, 
Ertz owners certainly have not been ha- happy with, with Ertz's production. Um, and really deep leagues, guys who tried to get Goddard and get a sneaky tight end pick have been significantly unhappy. But, as we know, Wentz is a big tight end guy. So, I think you're going to see tight end production going way up. Uh, wide receiver injuries have forced the Eagles to sign Jordan Matthews. If you picked Jordan Matthews up in fantasy, maybe you might get some points. Mm-mm. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it makes me it makes me wary about starting Nelson Aguilar. I have Aguilar in two leagues. Really? Well, I'm still not worried about Aguilar. Yeah, I feel like Aguilar is a kind of a, a must start Ag- at this point. Aguilar plays his best when he's out of the slot. The Eagles now have three slot receivers and Kamar Aiken. Mm. So, who knows what's going to happen now. Um, yeah. I don't know whether Aguilar is going to really get looks from the outside um, or whether he's just going to draw coverage. Yeah. So, we'll see. Jay Ajayi getting hurt is no fun. Um, as I've made it blatantly obvious in the podcast in recent episodes, I did take Jay Ajayi in the third round. In the second round, I took Devontae Freeman, who's also injured, so my running back situation's great right now. Yeah. Um, I'll say you can't really always predict injuries. Yeah. Freeman, I mean, even him, it's kind of hard to predict injuries, so I can't Expect, really blame uh, you I feel like injuries. Freeman's been kind of injury-prone, though. You know, yeah, like, got, kind like, of have to expect... Though. Yeah, so. like, you kind of have to expect that he's going to miss a few games every year. You yeah. can expect Corey Clement to have a big game tomorrow, though. Um, oh, I'm excited for that. Corey Clement's Guess who's got him in, uh, in uh, their lineup? I was going to say, if he's available in your league, uh, he's a he's a very easy start RB2, uh, yeah. if not a low-end RB1 tomorrow. Don't know if you listened to the podcast yet, the last one that we did. I have not had the chance to listen um, to it. But yeah, we, we praised Corey Clement, and uh, that was Jason's hot take, by the way, with that Corey Clement. Yeah, that was my uh, omniscient fireball fire take uh, last well, There week. you go. Yes. Um, other than that, not too, too much to say. Big thanks to Big Dick Nick for the Super Bowl. It's Wednesday time now. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, have a nice day. Uh, welcome yep, back. that's about it. Uh, you want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. No, Everybody wants Philly Philly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Philly special place, yesterday. I mean, I know they didn't, like, they weren't the first ones to do it, but they made it popular, and now it's getting done Yeah, more they, than d- they didn't yeah. invent it, but they made it, they're the most famous edition of it, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, now, the, the Browns did it with Baker on a two-point conversion. Illinois did it last night against Penn State on national television. Mm-hmm. Getting getting moved all over the place, but uh, I'm surprised that like I feel like we every time we see it, it's a successful play. Right, yeah. it hasn't people been aren't people aren't yet. catching on to it, which is amazing. The Baker one, I knew it was coming immediately. Once I saw Baker offset, <laughs> yeah, walk up towards the line, I literally started yelling, "Oh my God, they're going to run the Philly special!" Yeah. <laughs> Two seconds later, he was catching a pass in the end zone. I was like, "Wow." I could have coached that defense. I saw a statistic that uh, of the last eight times a quarterback has run a route and had a pass thrown to him, seven of them have been caught. The one who dropped it was Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> so the last eight times, like, all the quarterbacks have caught it because they're so wide open and all they have to do is just kind of, like, really concentrate on just 
catching the ball, but the one who dropped it was Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Did it hit his hands? I forget. Oh, it hit his hands. Oh, it hit okay. straight off the hands. It yep, was just it just dinged off right off the fingertips. Mm, yeah. Nothing makes me happier. But anyway, <laughs> that's all I got for that. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the NFC episode. There would be a lot of stuff that I would have uh, enjoyed talking about, but that'll be for another day. We got the AFC today. Wait, is that how you you are very excited about starting Theo Riddick as your uh, running back number two? <laughs> I mean, so I just I had got, to get you fired up a little bit. Just taking it, man, today. Uh, I, I mean, look at Welcome my bench. Back, buddy. I got a giant <laughs> Freeman who are hurt. I've got Brita, who I think is going to have a solid week. Do you? Uh, I do. I think Brita still stays strong after last week's performance. After my other option. My other option was Duke Johnson, who, uh, as you put, good. is almost unrosterable right yeah. now. Yeah, he's yeah. not looking strong. So I really am struggling at the running back position right now. I need both of them to get off the injuries. You know, I mean, I'm always with willing to listen if you guys want to talk trades, but got to send me something. Fair enough. That applies to everybody else in the league. You might Maybe be offline. Maybe offline. <laughs> no on-air trades. <laughs> well, you guys yeah, I don't want to give away any that uh, mistake tactics once before. Here. But he did it on live radio. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Yeah. There was people involved that we don't need to. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I, I was set up well for the next season. But... You mean the year of Hungy? One? All right. <laughs> Moving forward. Shall we talk All about right, the so Pats? I think the first thing we're talking about, yeah, are going to be the Patriots. Um, so obviously, I was telling Hungy uh, before we started this, the biggest news out of Patriots camp coming Josh up this Gordon. week is Sony Michelle, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sony Michelle. That's obviously the biggest news. There's no wide receiver news uh, coming out of Patriots camp. Obviously. I didn't even know that guy was still on their team. Sony Michelle. Well, we're sitting back uh, from an team, injury. But... No, I know. He's, but he is also, like you said, he's not listed as questionable or anything this week, Sonny Michelle. So. While we're sitting here, I did send Nick a trade. Oh, God. I don't even want to look. Well, go take a look. Uh, let's go <laughs> take a look. All right, let's go take a look. You, you've got it up right in front of you. Yeah, it's all right. I don't want to mess with my computer. I've had a few trade offers so far this year, and I Todd just like, I can't pull ben. the trigger on any of them just yet. Todd Gurley for Big Ben. <laughs> you know what? If it was... Christian Hackenberg on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I might go for it. <laughs> In the Super Bowl. In, In the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yep. Amazing. Oh, um, man, Hack. But yes, anyways. I gotta so, say, yes. though, side note into college football, I feel like Hack, no joke, saved Penn State's program mm. because when they got like, like a quasi-death penalty, yeah, like when, when the whole Joe Paterno thing went down with uh, Jerry Sandusky, they got like kind of a an almost death penalty with the recruits and everything. And Hackenberg had already been committed before any of that happened, and he was a top-rated, you know, quarterback recruit. And he could have easily just backed out and went anywhere else. But he decided to honor his commitment, went there, mm-hmm. encouraged other players to come there too, even on little to no scholarships. And I think he kind of saved that program. If he didn't go there, I don't think they would have had the same confidence that they have now. I don't think Barkley would have ended up there. I don't think it would be the same program it is right now. You're pronouncing Alan Robinson wrong. <laughs> also, this is all <laughs> great too. and dandy, but Christian Hackenberg hasn't done shit for anybody's fantasy yeah. football team. No, yeah, that's absolutely correct. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying as a college football player, 
he he really did a lot for Penn State's program by not backing out of his uh, recruitment when he could have. Yes. So back to the Patriots. Yeah, back Early to the Patriots. Process, right? <laughs> Always got to talk about our Philly teams. PPR. Um, PPR. So look how many players are rostered on this team in fantasy football. This right. might be a team that has the most players on fantasy roster. I still, I as a personal thing, I do not in any capacity roster Patriots running backs. You don't roster them? No. Not even like no. Curry fade after they've had one good week with three touchdowns no. or something like that? I don't roster Patriots running backs. Right. Yeah, with Patriots running backs, I always think of Jonas Gray. That guy who like three or four years ago, the Patriots were having some sort of running back issues where one guy had a, an injury or whatever, something happened, and like they ended up at a, a Monday night game with the Colts, and they had one running back on the roster. It was Jonas Gray, and he exploded for like a 45-point game. And then something happened during the week where he was late or he fumbled in practice or something, and no one ever saw him ever again. He just like got put into like the Bill Belichick dungeon of despair, and like nobody ever saw his face ever again. You mean like so Mike like, Gillisley? Yeah, exactly. Like Bill Belichick, if if you get on his shit list, you are never coming out. So I yes. feel like that's honestly one of the best places that Josh Gordon could have gone to because everyone has noted Josh Gordon's kind of character issues of him not giving a shit or showing up late or whatever. And, and I feel like all it takes for him to get on the right track is for Bill Belichick to sit him down and be like, son, stop it. And that, that'll, yeah. that'll be it. If, if he figures it out, then that'll be it. But if he doesn't, then Bill Belichick will be like, all right, well, your ass is getting super glued to the bench and we will never see you ever again. So I just want to take a step back real quick and go back to the running backs. I have to disagree with you guys. Um, normally I am on the same page as you. Do, do Stay away from doing the running backs. But I think this year James White has really stepped up and I think that he will continue to kind of be there. He stepped up for He's two been weeks on... until Belichick says, nope, this week it's Burkhead, or nope, this week it's I, Michelle. I don't think so. I think he's but also Michelle he's was out the first two weeks. he can be consistent enough. I think James White is going to be the guy this year in New England. I, I think, think that they drafted Michelle in the first round, a, too. I think he's got a random name generator with all of the <laughs> running backs in there, and he hits know, a button, I, I and it tells him who he's going to use this week. I Normally I am 100% in agreement with you on that, but... I don't know. I'm not, I'm liking James White so far this year. I think that uh, he's going to step up this year and kind of be on the field at least 50% of the time. So the other two guys are splitting their own 50%. But I think James White's going to, the one, uh, especially in PPR leagues, be The one working. issue with Patriots players now, or, or, or the one Patriots player that's going to struggle with Josh Gordon's addition is uh, – Chris Hogan, I think his looks go down mm. now with Josh Gordon on the team. Yeah, they're they're fairly comparable skill sets, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Hogan is definitely going to be. You can get maybe one or two more weeks out of him, but like once Julian Edelman's back, Hogan just goes back to being right. Like That's the other thing is that receiver. it's going to be Edelman. Josh Gordon and then him, and that's not even counting Gronk. Yeah, I was gonna say, would, I'd throw Gronk above all of them. If you want to count Gronk as a wideout at that point, which he might as well. But and James White, he's getting a lot of catches too, so they're competing with James White. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Keep your eyes open. So, then it takes us to the last bit here. How much longer does Brady have? Yeah. I don't, I don't you always want to say he's it. at the yeah. end, yeah, but he's not yeah. at the end. 
because it's just not even worth talking about at this point because God knows how many years he's still going to play. True. I'm tired of talking about Tom Brady when he's going to retire. All right. Yeah, as soon as he starts talking about, oh, he's, he's lost a step, he's too old, then he goes and wins the Super Bowl. Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Ah, Jason, you're, uh, you're new home. Oh, yeah, yes. my hometown guys. <laughs> it looks yeah, this like, team uh, only has three players that are rostered <laughs> in this fantasy. Yeah, it's just Kenny Four, and Drake. count the defense. Uh, Kenny Stills know, and, and Devontae though. Parker. But Devontae yeah. Parker has just been that, like, kind of tease his whole career where, like, everyone can see the well, talent and see, yet. like, has the... He? No, this year he hasn't. He's had a, a broken finger. And from what I read... It looked like he was like 98% ready on Sunday. And then at the last second, they were like, eh, he could have played, but, you know, we just kind of held him out just in case. And so does that mean so he's, he's 100% like ready this week? Yeah, it looks like he's definitely going to play this week. But Is he like his whole career, though? like last year, he missed a couple games. The year before, he missed a couple games. And then, like, last year, he didn't have Ryan Tannehill. And, like, you just – like, you can see – the opportunity where like you can see a scenario where like all right he can be a number one wide receiver and he can be a top 15 fantasy wide receiver but he just like hasn't put it together yet so like i just have no faith starting him at, at the very least starting him but still even like about keeping parker, him right yeah yeah still talking about parker but like i just can't start him just yet i mean you need to see a couple weeks yeah. where he puts it together even if he has like a touchdown this week i still just want to see some consistency and see him kind of put it together week by week i yeah. agree um i will say though i was asking why or if he's 100 percent because coming into the season Devonte parker was rated much higher than kenny stills was he was being drafted higher in most leagues before his injury um, yeah, because everyone right sees now, him as that like true number one kind of yeah. like Antonio Brown wideout that commands a ton of targets, and Kenny right Stills now, just doesn't have like Parker's that potential. Only but yeah, Kenny Stills is doing well. or forty four point seven percent of leagues, while Kenny Stills is now owned in seventy nine point one. Obviously, Kenny Stills had a really good week one. Um, yeah, he kind of fell off in week two. Only got three points in a standard league, but he's still I. I'm surprised that Devontae Parker's only owned in 44% of leagues right now. I think that he should at least be rostered. So if he's available in your league, go get him. Yeah, at the very least, just because you never know how they'll use him. Like, with Tannehill back, you, you just never know what could happen. Like, if he'll blow up. He could very easily come out and be the 45th wide receiver in fantasy for the rest of the year. Or he could be, like, the 18th wide receiver. Like, you just you don't know. All right. What do we think about, uh, what, do you have an opinion on their wide receiver situation at all, their receivers? Uh, I mean, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the two guys that you're going to want to keep an eye on as far as, you know, uh, sneaky production could be Brent Gore. Um, I mean, yeah. he's always, uh, as far as, as Gore versus Kenyon Drake, Brent Gore is always a candidate to, to steal goal line touches. He's a vulture guy. Exactly. He could be a vulture guy he at this point in his career. Guy. Um, and then Mike Gesicki. Yeah, that's a good point. I no. think Mike Gesicki could start, at least through the second half of the season, really start getting and commanding more looks, more targets, and, and, and getting more red zone targets especially. They don't especially really as any... he gets more chemistry with, with Tannehill too, as exactly. a rookie coming in. Mm. They don't really have any big receivers. 
Um, and Gesicki's a, a, a fantastic red zone addition. So I think he's technically still a sleeper at this point. He's caught one ball in two weeks for a little Right, he's still so. a sleeper. I, I, that's why I said second half of the season. Yeah. I think you have to let him exactly mature and get he's some chemistry defined. with uh, with Tannehill. But I think second half of the season, he might be a, a fantastic addition. But. So when we think about Kenyon Drake, I feel like people are very mixed about Kenyon Drake. I am mixed about Kenyon Drake. Um, it, it, it's one of those things. He, he's getting almost twice as many carries as Gore, but he's not really showing major production. Um, that was his thing before, too. Yeah. 48 yards week one, 53 yards and a touchdown week two, uh, 18 yards on, on catches and 17 yards on catches in weeks one and two. Those aren't stellar numbers. Not at all. They're 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 nah. pedestrian. He got saved by getting a touchdown last right. week. You know. Yeah, and that was a pretty good run. And I mean, speaking of mixed results on Kenyon Drake, uh, he's he's like a, a vodka sprite. You know, just a <laughs> nice mixed drink, like nothing crazy, but it'll get the job done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, probably at best an RB2. I don't think he's really RB1 material like he made an argument to be last year. Um, he had numerous 100-yard games, a lot of big runs, so he was kind of electrifying when he came on, but I'm just not seeing it right now. So I think that uh, it's tough. If you don't have the running back depth, then you still have to start him. But, um, yeah. I think right now we're just not seeing any flash out of him yet. Yeah, I think he's a pretty solid RB2. I think when when you're evaluating like running back talent, I think the difference between an RB1 and an RB2, while they're both startable, is the RB1 has the potential for like a 30-point game where they just explode and just carry the whole offense. And I, don't, I just don't see Kenyon Drake having that 30-point eruption in him yet. I mean – he might develop it as they, they move the game script along and the offensive evolves as the season goes on and Ryan Tannehill gets more comfortable and, and all that. But right now, I just don't see that 30-point eruption in his future, at least right now. Yep. Agree. Agree. Where to next? Let's go with the New York Jets. You guys ah. think um, Fireman Ed went back into hiding yet? I can't. I can't stand that guy. Probably. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. Yeah, he's, he's the definition to, of fair weather. Oh, that sounds God. like a fake fan to me. You want to? Uh, he quit after the butt fumble, didn't he? Like, the uh, butt fumble was right his last game. Then, I no, I think it was, was the that, butt fumble. He legit? quit after the butt fumble, and that <laughs> was that. Fumble. Like you, you seriously? I I can't even imagine. I have been so incredibly mad at the Philadelphia Eagles. I've been so incredibly upset. I've been so incredibly heartbroken. But never once would I ever quit as a fan. Especially if you're like the face of their fans, too. It's just like it's, it's unbelievable, uh, in my opinion. I, I, oh. But anyway, what enough a, with what <laughs> Fireman Ed. What a joke. Back to fantasy. Um, the Jets so, have... as a Bilal Powell owner, okay. screw Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> Yeah, I think that um, Isaiah Crowell kind of looks like he's going to be... Uh, I mean, obviously they're going to be splitting carries pretty much 50-50. Um, but Crowell's kind of just looked better f- from my perspective, or in my opinion. I feel like the Jets do this every year, though, where they've had Bilal Powell for like 
five years or seven years or something like that. Like he's, I think I saw somewhere he's one of the longer tenured Jets on the whole roster. I believe and it. they've had him. They've had him for so long, and they always bring in a new running back. Like they had Matt Forte, and like they always bring in these these free agent running backs. A new running old backs. running back. Yeah, like a new old running back. They always bring in these free agent running backs, and then like it seems like they they start off with this new running back, and they're like, all right, Matt Forte, he's our guy. And then like five weeks in, they're like, oh, just kidding, Blau Powell's back better. We're gonna give him the him the starts, and then. Like, they just, like, sort of shift to Bilal Power, and he just ends up finishing out every season, even though they bring in a new guy every year. And I feel like that's just going to happen again. Like, they're starting off with Crowell, and he's looking good, but then, like, week six or seven or eight, they're just going to shift and be like, oh, wait, just kidding. Bilal Powell's a better guy. Like, we're just going to give him the carries. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it this way. Between the two of them, I guess, in the Thursday night game that just happened, um, they had 30, t- 30 carries, not even just – touches 30 carries between the two of them split 16 Crowell 14 Powell so it is pretty even still in terms of uh, the percentage that each of them is getting um, but yeah now that you mention it like that I think you're right you know they, they definitely the new running back comes out strong and makes him look like he's going to be a good at least in fantasy a good candidate to own but then Powell's just there all season long just kind of being like hey uh I'm still here. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's just sort of there. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Um, they're definitely, I mean, last game, uh, Crowell got two touchdowns, I believe, this past Thursday. So you definitely make an argument to be started as, as a flex candidate. Um, but me personally, I have him on one of my teams. I'm probably still going to avoid trying to start a Jets player in any way. Um I, I worry about that team, their consistency. Uh, Darnold could be great, could not. I think it's still too early to say whether he's going to be great. But with any quarterback you get at that age, you're going to have issues with consistency. So he needs to kind of learn a little bit. I don't know how the rest of the team's going to be affected by that. But all in all, I, I try to avoid the Jets in fantasy. Oh, yeah, I haven't had anyone on that team in years. I have Bilal Powell. <laughs> yeah, I think we've The way you that. said that just explains everything. You just, that dejected kind of like, I have to have this guy. Like, that, that says all you need to know about the Jets team. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the week before this Thursday game, Powell had uh, 18 fantasy points and Crowell only had five. So it's like, I guess we it could really just be hit or miss between the two of them each week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll see how the Jets pan out. I don't think there's really too much to talk about for them fantasy-wise. All right, who's the last team in that division? The, uh, the worst team in the entire NFL. The Bills? The like, Bills. Question Bills. talking about the Cardinals the other night, but so. I don't even <laughs> think we should even talk about the Bills. So... <laughs> Are they worse than the, the Browns uh, last year? Like, well, can the, we can the we mash these up? City of Buffalo <laughs> banned jumping on tables. Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's it. Parking lot. That's exactly what it is. Now that being right? said, oh, is this that's... is gonna be like the goat curse for the Cubs or the Babe Ruth curse. Like, this banning jumping on tables is gonna last like fifty years, and fifty years from now they're gonna look back and be like. That's what did it. That's what cost us our Super Bowl run. It was because they banned jumping on tables. 
Well, that being said, it they're not hasn't, stopping. No, it <laughs> hasn't stopped the Bills fans one bit. They put up all these notices and said, like, you know, if you jump through a table, you're subject to removal and not being able to. It hasn't stopped them one bit. In fact, I saw one. It's about where, the rule, uh, though. Girl, girl, last week jumped off the top of an RV and missed the table completely. Went <laughs> oh, the ankles first, right onto the pavement. But uh, here's what's gonna happen: thirty-five years from now, they're still not gonna have won a Super Bowl. And everyone's going to be saying, you know what? It's because they outlawed jumping on tables. And the it's Bills so organization real, will finally like realize it in reverse course and be like, you know what? We're going to allow you guys to jump on tables again. And that's when they're going to win a Super Bowl. Nah, they'll go another 35 years after that. And <laughs> Regardless, the only rosterable player on this Bills team is Shady. And that's yeah. it. And, right and he's now not he's even startable. Yeah, he's, right now he he's should like be on hurt, the bench so. in every team. Yeah, I... I I don't know if I say every team should have him on the bench, but I have him in one of my leagues, and I, I mean, I have him on especially the bench this week. week against the Vikings in a game that they're yeah. not going to be contending, and he's kind of hurt. Yeah. I would keep him on the bench under Bilal Powell, under Crowell, under Powell. Every like I, I would keep right. him on the bench under a lot of people. I just don't see any way he can succeed this week. I take it slightly back. Stephen Hauschka's rosterable. Yeah. Oh, is he? I don't know. Are they going to move the ball enough to get over midfield? He's a 23rd ranked kicker right now, and I know that's not really saying much with this NFL, but... I mean, Hauschka can kick. He's He, he can kick it pretty that's far, like saying. he's shown before with Seattle, but I just don't see a way that they can move the ball well enough to get him even in range. Like, Allen, as a, a rookie quarterback, has looked really shaky. Uh, shady has not been... Shady. I mean, he's an older running back, and he has no help on the offensive line or the offense in general. He doesn't really have any go-to options because Charles Clay hasn't really done much. Kelvin Benjamin got the one touchdown. Zay Jones hasn't really been there. So I just don't see a way that this offense can move it at all, especially against probably the best defense in the NFL with the Vikings. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. One of the best. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a matchup nightmare. Honestly, even if you have Vikings players, yeah, your starters are going to get a lot of points, but they might not be in the game for a lot of the game because I think that game that's in Minnesota as well, it might get out of hand quickly. Yeah, so, that's a, that's an interesting one. Like, Dalvin yeah, Cook, I don't know if you yet. start him because he's coming in with a... Uh, well, Dalvin Cook's injured, so hopefully you're not starting yeah, so him he's, either way. But he's I think not, he, he might out. play. Oh, he's no, out? he's out. They, they ruled him out. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I didn't see that. But, yeah, yeah, even before he was out, I was thinking, like, all right, I don't know if you start him because, I mean, they're going to probably win by a lot, and they have Latavius Murray, so there's no reason to really play him a lot. Yeah, but <laughs> may God have mercy on the Buffalo Bills soul <laughs> tomorrow. So I think that completes the AFC East. Yes. Or is that the, that's the east, right? Not the north. Yes. Yeah, it's the east. So where are we going next? North? Or are we going we'll south? Go Tennessee west? is the team I picked. So, so we're going south. Yes. Ooh, all right. Tennessee. <sighs> Another team that makes me just sigh. <laughs> I don't. I, How so? Because I don't like any of their players. I don't like them. <laughs> I feel like. Corey I mean, Davis I like Delaney Walker when he was a thing, but. I, I mean, it might be biased just because I have Corey Davis on my team in a few leagues, but I think he he has the talent, he has like the pedigree as a as a top ten pick, and he has the target share, which I think is really important at this point because uh, through the past couple weeks, let me look at the stats exactly. 
he's had six catches and five catches, and he's leading the team in targets by a lot. So I think he's a pretty safe one as, as far as those guys go. This week, though, against Jacksonville, I would not start him if you don't have to. But I yeah. think going forward, Corey Davis is a pretty good option just because he has the talent, he has like that potential, and he's getting he's combining it with the targets. So like the opportunities are there. Yeah, I think part of that team's issue right now is the fact that Marcus Mariota has been dealing with his own injury. Uh, yeah, he's been really inconsistent. And I, I mean, when he's in, he's usually pretty good. He can honestly have fantasy weeks where he gets you like twenty-five plus points, but he's he is inconsistent. And uh, I'm looking at the matchup this week. They're playing against Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Red alert: Stay away from Tennessee players this week. Yeah. All of them playing against Jacksonville. That defense is... Uh, Mariota might not have a finger, something like that. <laughs> yeah, Mariota might not even... Is he projected? Yeah, he's projected points, so he... He might like he play, he play, might not but, play. Um, they couldn't grip the ball last week. No? No, it's Did he play at all last week? Because I know they had them both. Like, he did, he went out. And I think he had an elbow issue, too, the first Oh, uh, they actually took him out. He had zero points. He had point. Oh, he did have zero points. He didn't play last week. Yeah, week. okay, so he didn't play. Yeah. They were just messing with people. Um, but, yeah, it looks like he's going to be back this week. So, I guess pay attention, see if any of these players are better now that Marcus Mariota is back. I believe um, if Marcus Mariota does not go, then it's Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, so, Ooh. again, just another reason aside from the matchup. And one of my favorite NFL personalities uh, Kyle Brandt pointed out the fact that we are going to watch a game whose main people playing in the game it's Blake versus Blaine and it's not a lacrosse match <laughs> <laughs> that's good I like that <laughs> alright sticking in the AFC South where to next Houston Houston now Houston's Will interesting. Fuller, man. This guy just keeps surprising. Boom or me. bust. I think that entire team is boom or bust. Uh, Will Except Fuller. Except for DeAndre. When, when Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller are both healthy, you look out for that big play. Yeah, you I gotta be Will honest. Fuller on your like, team, don't you? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> man, Will Fuller. Know, he's man. he's something else when Deshaun Watson is in there. It's like this connection that they just Deshaun just knows how to find it. Like it's. It's unreal when you look at his splits, like of with Deshaun versus without Deshaun. I, I, it's bad. He he almost has nothing when it's not Deshaun Watson in the game. Like he yeah. almost has no targets. It's not even like catches. He almost has no targets. Yeah, I don't know if it has to do with like him just getting open downfield where certain quarterbacks don't feel comfortable throwing the ball. If, but that seems to be the only place he can get open is downfield. Yeah, yeah he definitely but. has a big playability. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins gets fucking, I don't know, million looks per game? Yeah. Something like that? Something. Yeah, DeAndre, so, he'll get his no 15 targets every game, no matter what, no matter who's in there. He's like he's like Larry Fitzgerald. Like, he gets his 15 targets no matter who the quarterback is, no matter if it's the backup kicker or whatever. Like, they're looking his way, so he'll get his. But, yeah, Will Fuller, like, if any time Deshaun is in the lineup, Will Fuller should be in your starting lineup. Like, he... He just gets that big playability, and, and last year it started off on that ridiculous pace of, like, I want to say it was something like he had 12 catches and, like, six of them were touchdowns. Like, he just 
Deshaun looks for him in those big plays, and he just capitalizes on it. It's this just some unreal connection. Are we worried at all about Deshaun Watson? Because I have him in the league where I happen to have drafted Pat Mahomes as well, so um, obviously I'm starting Mahomes over him right now. But I went into the season with full intentions of Deshaun Watson being my guy all season, and I was, after that first week I kind of was saying, I don't know. Um, obviously the second week he came out, threw for 310 yards, two TDs, one interception for 22 fantasy points along with some rushing yards. Um, so he definitely looked back more in form last week, but I don't know. I, uh, I, for some reason, I've got a weird feeling about Deshaun Watson so far in the season. I think his Are running ability. I, I think his running ability will always make him like an above average fantasy start. But I think I look Cam at like Matt Russell. Yeah, yeah. So like, like, it, and it's one of those things where he's not like looking to run like an RG three or like maybe even a Mike Vick. But like, if he has to, he can and he can do it well. But I think last year his touchdown rate was just so like extremely like unrepeatable that like there was like I mean, obvious regression. At homes right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. So I saw that I saw that his touchdown rate last year was like through the the however many four or five six games he played was higher than Tom Brady's in his record setting year with uh, Randy Moss in that 017. So it was higher than that during those those few games he played. So, like, obviously he's going to come back down to earth, but, like, I think he's come back a little bit further than people expected. So yeah. I'd be a little worried, and if you have Mahomes, obviously start him every time until he shows you that he's not capable and until Deshaun shows you that he is capable of, of stepping up more than he has so far. Yeah, we'll Fair see. Enough. I think, uh, I think he just, he just set the, the precedent with this, like, wildly unrealistic touchdown rate that he had last year and it's just there's no humanly possible way he can do that again but can he be a quarterback that is closer towards like a consistent uh, I don't know maybe like a Cam Newton or an Aaron Rodgers somebody who does throw like three touchdowns a game can he get to that level I have faith he can almost like a Drew Brees you know yeah I have faith he can I just would want to keep him on my bench until he has that breakup get that breakout game. Yeah, I feel like the only problem though is not everybody has the ability to put him on their bench. Some people, you know, they have to start him because they drafted him as a high round quarterback. Yeah, so I think that's the problem with Sean. A, a lot of people were taking him as yeah. like the maybe fourth quarterback off the board. Like I think yeah. it went in most leagues: Rogers, Brady. Probably some combination of Russ, Cam, or Kirk Cousins or something, and then Deshaun somewhere in that range. And also, uh, if you hear any popping, um, there are some fireworks from the Marlins game going off right oh, now. I did hear that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so I uh, did not realize they even had a, a home game, but I can see them from my window right now. Hmm. Well, I know they're not playing against the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies yeah I think – the Marlins are just kind of like dragging out their slow, painful death until the end of the season, and they can mercifully be put down and then <laughs> start again next year. Mm. It's the Miami way right nowadays with the Marlins. Yeah, least. it really is. Uh, the, the Dolphins are going to struggle a little bit this year. The Marlins have Mar- been. The Dolphins are looking good this year. Real bad. Yeah, the, I think the Dolphins are going to surprise some people, to be honest. I think they. Uh, Two and Hill coming right. back and. Some new we've, we've old weapons, you know? Yeah, we don't need Dolphins. to talk about the Dolphins. We already <laughs> just talked about them. All right, one team. Moving on. 
Indianapolis, the Colts. So, before we get into really delving into the Colts, the Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account it is slowly fantastic. closing in on fake Gruden for my favorite Twitter account. It's just so unique. Like, there is, it, it perfectly captures, like, that voice, like, that kind of tone that you imagine. And there's nothing well, else like I, it on ex- Twitter. Explain the concept for this account first. So, the Captain know. Andrew Luck Twitter account, um, Basically, let's say Andrew Luck is a Civil War captain. Because he does look like kind of a he Civil War general. <laughs> they have a picture of him like he would be in the 1800s. The Union shirt? I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, all of the tweets are him writing letters to his mother. <laughs> For example, these are very recently um, as he is on his way to... Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Dearest Mother, there has been little time to relish our victory over the Washington unit, as we must move out again. A convocation of Eagles in Philadelphia seeks battle. Scouts report their captain, who may or may not be British royalty, <laughs> returns to field command. Andrew. And he, he, most of the time, he references, like, the sidearm will be ready. Yes, he talks about his sidearm. His... his <laughs> Dearest Mother, I have received your care package of Blue Jay Jam and Owl Tonic. The unit continues its march to Philadelphia to face these eagle men, the reigning victors of the great battle at Bowl Valley. <laughs> the specter Corporal Hilton appears most primed for success. Andrew. Mm. Dearest Jeez. Mother, the unit inches closer to the Philly land by the day. General Reich, once a high-ranking officer for the eagle men aiding them at Bowl Valley, has been tracking their unique trail of feathers and cheese. I estimate we shall arrive by Sunday. Anxious. Andrew. <laughs> and then one more that has to do with the Eagles. Dearest Mother, the unit has reached the outskirts of Philadelphia. The men marched double time, expecting to be met by Captain Wentz's Royal Guard. But alas, there is only a large cracked bell. While still on alert, I shall take some time to polish my trusty sidearm. Andrew. Did you see the, the official Colts Twitter account put out a video? of one of that like they acknowledged that account and said like oh it's time to meet the the owner of this captain andrew luck account and then they had like a, a silhouetted character reading one of those tweets and then he went to stand up and it was andrew luck <laughs> that's funny I, it's just so well done but anyways it is of it's just luck, classy and clever and it's i think it's it's just unique like it there's nothing else like it was andrew luck uh back to fantasy yeah i I don't think he's worth a start this week. And I'm not just saying that as a homer. I'm saying that is you don't see Jim Schwartz's defense having bad weeks back-to-back. You just don't. Um, mm. I, I think Jim Schwartz changes things around, especially because he knows Frank Reich knows the team. I think he changes a lot of things up, and I think he really gets in Andrew Luck's head. Also, you've got one of the best pass-rushing defenses in the league against... Indianapolis, who I, I don't believe has a very strong offensive line, do they? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I also don't, I don't think, think they've they ever had a very strong, strong run game either. Back, well, back when Peyton had a had a oh, since Peyton days. Oh, did you, what, what was the one guy? Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, yeah, the guy who's on ESPN all yeah. the time. Yeah. One of my favorite moments from that was when Jeff Saturday was on the Packers, and they both got elected to the Pro Bowl. I think it yeah. might have been the Broncos year. So, like, Jeff Saturday was on the NFC, Peyton was on the AFC, and 
for one play, Jeff Saturday went over to the AFC and hiked the ball to Peyton one last time. That was yeah. just a oh, great that's moment. Cute. That's so cute. Oh, anyway. yeah. Just Peyton, put my hands <laughs> up my butt one more last time. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, Jordan Wilkins, Ryan Grant, anybody here that you guys would actually want? Ebron, maybe. Well, um, yeah, I think Ebron's the Jack only Doyle's one. Doyle's out. But Jordan Wilkins is more valuable than a kicker. <laughs> yep. Well, in my defense. <laughs> yeah, that happened. I would say, so in my, obviously he has not panned out yet. Hindsight is 20. Yet. He's yeah. still holding on hope. <laughs> well, okay, so he probably won't pan out because, <laughs> but in my defense, he was a rookie. And you just never know with these guys. Like, you give a yeah. rookie an opportunity and it's very easy to see a world where he just takes that opportunity and just runs with it but no, i mean i get what you were going for i get no one strategy, no one has but, taken hold of that running the, job like, so right now like that running game is is very weak but but yeah like i would say my my thing was just like you just don't know what could happen with that with that starting role over there i just don't really see anybody on this team you know, if Luck really gets back into his old form, then Luck and T.Y. Hilton might be worth it. we got to see it, though. Right. We, we haven't have seen it yet. Right it. now, there's no one on this team who I'd really want on my, my fantasy team. I think yeah. T.Y. Hilton is probably the one guy that, like, you can start with confidence just because he gets that, like, opportunity every week, and he always seems to, to get, get those. Luck has to get him the football. But, like, even last year when Luck was out, he still was a valuable wide receiver, and he still got those downfield opportunities and those red zone looks. So I think – T.Y. Is, is that one guy that, like, all right, well, no matter who's in there and no matter how Andrew Luck looks, like, he, you can pretty much count on him getting his. But I think Ebron is another guy that would get some red zone looks. And, uh, yeah, the running game is just a mess. But preseason, I did not know that. <laughs> I would prefer to have T.Y. as a flex player as opposed to my or my wide receiver, too. I'll put it that way. I, I think that he has – just as much as he has the boom potential, he has the bust potential. Oh, so I agree, for sure. Yeah, he can put up a 28-point game or he can put a two-point game up, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either way. So I, so I stay away from players like that. Where to next? Um, I think there's one team. Ooh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously now. the defense first team, so that is a great defense, but their offense has been – Big surprise so far this year. Um, Lake looked real good last week. I think that we knew that they had the ability to like do good Lake on offense, but they've been consistent. Go ahead, take him. You gonna start him over Cam? You should drop J and J. And maybe I'll just leave him as a free agent. Um. But yeah, last week they didn't have Leonard Fournette. They still got the job done against yeah. the New England Patriots. You I know, think they honestly, lost Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns and uh, Keelan Cole has really started stepping up to really be the one receiver. Keelan that they, Cole, they, yeah, they Keelan Cole. He's, he's got him in most of my leagues. That one-handed grab was absolutely ridiculous. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I think Fournette being out might have honestly been a blessing in disguise, because with Fournette in, he's just kind of this like. Like an insurance blanket that, like, you know, when they he have gets a first and into ten, their game plan. yeah, he gets forced into the, like, so they have like a first and ten, and maybe it's an incomplete pass, and then they just feel forced to run it with Fournette just because they have this imposing kind of runner, and so it just kind of like locks them into this 
predictable, boring, ground and pound run game that like doesn't really work sometimes. But like he's a fantastic player, so it's not taking anything away from him. But then when he's out and they're forced to kind of mold their game plan and become more of a dynamic, like varied passing offense and passing to the running backs and stuff like that, it makes them more successful, to be honest. Like yeah. if Burnett is in there, he's a very good fantasy player because he gets a ton of targets and a ton of carries. But if he's out, the then it, yeah, it just holds the team back in general. So like it's one of those situations where like the fantasy success and like the team success are not aligned. So like if Burnett is in, he's guaranteed to get like a solid workload and he'll have a good fantasy day. But if he's out, then the team just becomes different and like in a, in a better way. Do you think they adjust how they kind of run their offense? Kind of because this seems like people are kind of noticing this and talking about it a little bit more. How the Panther or the uh, Jaguars do better in general when, or they have when Leonard Fournette has not been in and Blake Bortles has been able to just do his thing. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Do they adjust their game plan now? I don't think I ever. I don't think I'd ever call it Blake Bortles doing his thing. I still don't see Blake. Bortles <laughs> I mean, T.J. Yeldon didn't do anything. I don't see Blake Bortles more than a mid-range quarterback, and I don't think he's worth starting. Even though you just tried to go pick him up. No. I was being sarcastic. Uh, you were looking at which player you could drop to pick <laughs> him up. <laughs> I was looking at who was available on my team to to move. But anyway, so you don't trust him? You don't trust him? And no, I don't. I don't trust Blake Bortles. All right. I have no trust in Blake Bortles. I, I, I just think it's more of an, an indictment boat. on, like, the offensive coordinators. Like, if they – like, it just seems like if they have Fournette in there, they just fall back on this, like, boring game plan. But then if they have him out, then they have to, like, adjust and, and be more creative and be more varied. But, like, they could easily – have Fournette in there and still be varied and, and adjust and do a different game plan and just use this better piece. But it seems like when he's in there, they just get, like, boring. So, like, I, I don't know if that impacts the wide receivers or anything, like, depending on it. Like, like what is Keelan Cole's value if Fournette is in versus when he's out? Like, does it change at all? Yeah. Yeah, I see it. All right, so. we still got two more divisions to go. We hold gotta... on, I just want to, real quick, because their, their wide receiver situation is something to been to talk about so far this season. You say Keelan Cole is the wide receiver because mm-hmm. um, the, the three main wide receivers are Keelan Cole, uh, D.D. Westbrook, and Dante Moncrief. Yeah. All yeah. three of those guys have gotten good work the first two weeks. Um, I agree with you. I think Keelan Cole is a guy. I think yeah. he's going to be the get the most targets going forward. Um, what do you think, Jason? Who's the wide yeah, he's, receiver you he's shown the most chemistry with Bortles so far. Like Bortles looks his way more often than Keelan anything Cole too. and it, it shows in that that one-handed catch he made like Bortles looked his way even though Keelan Cole was pretty well covered by the cornerback there yeah so I think uh that's the general consensus Keelan Cole is definitely the guy to have yeah D.D. Westbrook may be in a deeper league um Dante Moncrief I'm still a little unsure if he's gonna be good all year long but anyway uh moving on we will go to the AFC North to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There it is. Steel yeah, City. the keeping up with the Kardashians of the NFL. <laughs> That's Dude, a this is the it. most absolute absurd team. How are they so good like <laughs> every year, but literally they have the most drama out of any team in the NFL? Honestly, I'm not even kidding you. Some guy mind. that 
used to work with the, the Speedway down here, who currently works marketing for uh, the neighborhood of Wynwood down here in downtown Miami. He was telling us on Thursday that Wednesday, they were looking out of their office and just like looking at the street. And he's like, I can swear that guy looks like Le'Veon Bell. And <laughs> someone else in his office was like, oh yeah, I saw on his Twitter, he's like jet skiing in, in like South Florida or something. And he's like, oh my God, that must be Le'Veon Bell going to that restaurant across the street. And then they looked out again and they saw someone else sitting with him. And he was like, oh my God, I could swear that's Chad Ochocinco. And they oh, saw on Chad Ochocinco's Twitter, they literally looked at his Twitter and was like, oh my God, he posted a video this morning of him working out and he's wearing the exact same clothes right now across the street eating lunch. Oh my God. <laughs> so Le'Veon Bell ridiculous. is not signed his franchise tag, but he's hanging out in here in Florida with Chad Ochocinco, just riding jet skis and just doing his thing. Chad Ochocinco, bigger story, works out and then doesn't change. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You heard it here first. Breaking news on PBR. Um, Juju's definitely yeah, come out of the From the, the eyes of Yeah, a and Antonio Brown's been held back. Yeah, I, I, I think Antonio Brown's still been doing well. Obviously not like the top wide receiver will, but he's... Um, I'm more impressed with Juju than I am disappointed in Antonio Brown. Then it's just impressive James that... Thing. Yeah, like Juju's put this up with... Antonio still getting his targets and Jesse James putting up. So like all three of them are doing really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely an offensive firepower team. I, they got something with their play calling that makes them a good offense. Um, like you were alluding to, James Conner is obviously the big story this year. Week one, he got all the looks in the world. Had a fantastic week. Yeah, Le'Veon's career in Pittsburgh is over. Um, but week two, he definitely had more down-to-earth game. He still had very good game, 18 points. Um, but I definitely think he, he looked slightly not as good as Le'Veon Bell. And so I still believe when Le'Veon Bell is willing to sign this thing that the Steelers will put him back in that starting role immediately, and he will go back to the exact same role that he had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure – when I drafted him and when a lot of people drafted him number one overall, they were looking for that consistent 25-point-a-week presence in the top of their lineup, and he's just not there. So it's a little disappointing. Jesse James, number two tight end in fantasy football right now. So uh, I don't know if that's something to read into or not. I have him at number one. Uh, do you? Is that our league? That's our league. Our league's a little bit different scoring. This is a one-point-per-reception so do you think he do you think he keeps that up? He's the number know. one scoring tight end, but he's got just under thirty points, and twenty two of them came last week. Yeah. So. But he still had. So don't don't skew it like he's putting up mega numbers. He had one really really good game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I can't, you can't read into it too much, especially at that tight end position. You know, some guys have been getting injured and not doing top 10 material like they've been projected um yeah i mean like uh who knows travis kelsey he put up a a complete dud in week one he was just nowhere to be found and then uh zach Ertz has just been kind of here and there and jimmy graham hasn't really put up a a week that people were expecting so it's been kind of a disappointing season i mean short season two weeks yeah for the whole tight end position and especially when you couple that with delaney walker and greg olson being out for extended periods of time it's pretty rough out there yeah yeah well 
Good team in Pittsburgh for fantasy, uh, but we'll move on. Good team in Pittsburgh for fantasy, bad team in Pittsburgh for team results. Where are we off to next in the AFC North? We will go with the Cincinnati Bengals. AJ Green obviously lit it up in like the first quarter of last week, had like three touchdowns in... I don't know, what was it, 14 minutes of gameplay or something like that? Yeah, he's, he's the man there Randy for Bullock. sure. Their kicker, Randy Bullock, has put up two consecutive 11-point weeks. Yeah, that's not really too impressive, though. I mean, Although, that's you know, good. Number three ranked kicker. Yeah, but like you just said in the last team that we analyzed, right, that's, that's two, two, that's two that consecutive 11-point weeks. Two. <laughs> I say we just get rid of the kicker position altogether. Uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> massive disappointment out of both Eifert and John Ross. John so Ross, I was about yeah. to say him. He just I, I massive disappointments flat. out of both of them. I feel like you could have seen the Eifert one coming, um, just because he has digressed over the past multiple seasons. He hasn't, you know, he's been dealing with injuries in those seasons as well. But he definitely hasn't been the guy that he used to be in terms no. of fantasy production. Yeah, John, John Ross, Ross, I think just I never he, thought that anything he got everyone him. with that one play in the preseason. I think like everyone yeah. kind of was high on him coming into the preseason just because of where he was drafted and and, and his, his skill set time. His and yeah his combine time and everyone just kind of looked and was like I could see this guy being a really good fantasy wide receiver and then he had that one play in the preseason and then everyone his his stock just skyrocketed and everyone took him and then he's just done nothing so far. He has a one catch on the one touchdown, but that's it. Like. And he had like a negative rush, but I mean, it's still early. Like, you, you got to keep in mind, regardless of what we say about guys, if they're doing really well or if they're doing really bad, it's still week two. Like, there's still 14 weeks left for guys to change their stocks and improve or or fall yeah, back down to earth or yes, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I could easily see John Ross by the end of the season figuring it out, maybe taking a couple weeks to kind of get into the rhythm and then being a productive member of that offense but right now he just uh, I'm not seeing anything to warrant him in even on your lineup I could see him being on the on the waiver wire right now yep I agree um so the running backs obviously so Mixon has been hurt he's got a multi-week injury right now uh Giovanni Bernard obviously becomes the workhorse on that team when Joe Mixon is out so yeah he's uh, an RB2 right now you want to start Giovanni Bernard uh, but when Joe Mixon is back and healthy, I think Giovanni Bernard barely is a benchable player because Joe Mixon is a guy there. I think he's uh, he's younger. He's shown that he's going to be their future running back, so I think they're pretty committed to Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Uh, but needless to say, like I said, Gio's still got something left in the tank, so while Joe Mixon is out, definitely jump on the Gio bandwagon. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to go to uh? Are we uh? The, the are we doing it? I was. I've been. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. Let's hear Let's it. Go. I'm hyped for them, dude. I, I'm hyped for the Browns. I'll take. Well, all right. Shirtless so Jr. came out in full force the other day. Before, <laughs> yeah, we, before we get crazy about being hyped for the Browns, I'm just hyped that they won one. All right, go ahead. Football hey, players or football fans everywhere are excited that the Browns won their first game in two years. They're excited that the Browns got free Bud Light and that Bud Light gave it to them. They're excited for the Browns. 
for some reason, I feel like you're not one of these fans. So why? <laughs> why were people not excited about the Eagles winning their first Super Bowl and also getting free Bud Light? Why were people, oh my god, the Eagles fans, they got one, talk to us when you have 12. Dude, shut up. Why is it the Browns win one game, people are excited about it? The Eagles win their first Super Bowl. And, and it's, it oh my god, the Eagles fans are terrible people, and this and this and this, and, oh. Okay. And just, that makes me Can so, I answer this? so mad. Can I answer this? Go ahead. It's because people don't like Philadelphia in general. Right, no one likes us, we don't care, but like, come on, you're gonna cheer for the Browns winning a game? Meanwhile, the Browns A game, they the won a game. Pathetic, I'm sorry if you're a Cleveland fan and listening, but the Browns are the most pathetic team ever. And they are so much better than a team that hasn't won in 600 days or whatever it is. They are much better than that. But they are so pathetic that they find ways to lose. They should so have been. Are just they they should be happy for them now. that they're not that as bad as they seem. I, I am happy that they won a game. I just think that, that the, the anti-Philly narrative has gone so incredibly far at this point. It's... It's they, the even ran, they even ran the Philly special. Baker. <laughs> the they even ran the, the Philly special. Far outweighed the actual winning the game. You know, it was like the fan reaction and people in the stands. And Joe Thomas came out and said, "Like, oh, the real hero of the game is the guy who caught the possum in the stands." <laughs> yeah, all right. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever Wait, seen. That Did was that extremely. You absurd. haven't seen the possum yet? No. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, there was a possum. Dude, I gotta show you the, the possum of the stands. And some guy just reached down and grabbed it by the tail and put it in a box. Dude, the possums was, are vicious. Like, no, there was uh, did, a possum it, in the stadium. Did it not, like, attack people? Like, it was the size of a medium-sized dog. Like, this was a big possum. Oh it was a big God. possum. I'm glad you guys aren't pronouncing it opossum, by the way. <laughs> they were calling it opossum. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Joe Thomas came out on Twitter afterwards and, like, recognized this guy and was like, this is a monumental win, and it was all because of this possum guy who, like, stared, uh, like, danger in the face and grabbed this possum just like the Browns team, and they stared danger in the face with the Jets' fearsome defense and grab the win and whatever and there's just <laughs> so ridiculous that worker just like holding out the box like i don't know what to do this isn't my <laughs> job description <laughs> this dude's just got this thing by the tail meanwhile this guy's like bare grills over here ready to fry this pasta wait matt and eat it. matt you have to show nick the picture of joe thomas's tweet because it's literally like this is the face of the guy who caught the possum and it is the most country redneck looking dude of all time yeah, speaking of which, the most hyped person in Cleveland is probably Joe Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he was part of this team for everything beyond just the 0-16 season. So I saw so a tweet about, uh, uh, earlier in the season, uh, the baseball season that is, of uh, some guy who was like, is there a more wasted talent in all of like Major League Baseball than Mike Trout in Los Angeles, given that he's barely made the playoffs and he hasn't done anything and whatever, and he's had a bad supporting cast around him. And I responded, like, it's Joe Thomas in Cleveland because he's arguably the best left tackle or one of the top three or four in all of the NFL history. And he's had, like, a 25 35% winning percentage his entire career. Like, just been wasted in Cleveland. Yeah. All right, well, we need to hurry up, so let's get back on topic here. Yeah. Um, let's go through this quick. Jarvis Landry, obviously. Baker Mayfield's coming in. That's the big story out of Cleveland. Well, Hugh Jackson says he needs to look at the tape before he names his week four starter. Don't yeah, that's into insane. that. He's not going to go with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod's hurt. 
Yeah, I don't know why he was in the game as long as he was, because he was getting wincing every single time he got touched, let alone like hit. Um, but like I'm saying, Baker Mayfield clearly Jarvis Landry is going to benefit from that. So if you draft even if Jarvis Baker Landry doesn't high, start, he's still worth picking up. Well, yeah, Baker. Like even if even if they go back to Tyrod next week and say like, all right, Tyrod's our starter and he's starting next week, I would still pick up Baker if you can and just hold on to him even if he doesn't start next week because he's going too soon. I think that the Jarvis Landry owners are finally sighing in relief because he was looking like he was a wasted top round pick and now he might be back into his uh, original pick. Um, other in the running backs, I think Carlos Hyde has kind of stepped up and taken that lead running back role. I think that he's definitely the guy to have in Cleveland. Well, did you hear the, the really cool Carlos Hyde story as far as Thursday night goes? Uh, oh, how he had a kid? Well, Thursday was his birthday. It was his birthday. Okay. He scored two rushing touchdowns in the game that got their, the Browns their first win in 635 days. Okay. Including the go-ahead touchdown to seal the game. And then he left the stadium and got to the hospital in time to see his son, Carlos Hyde Jr., get born. That's pretty hype, like that eight is a, hours. That is a hell That's of a, a day. That's a hell of a t- uh, 24 hours right there. 24 hours, whatever it is. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, I'm sure he's celebrating, like, all week. Right, that is the best day a human can have, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it happened right before the weekend, too, and they got the weekend off. Hugh Jackson gave him the weekend off, so I'm sure he's enjoying life. Hugh Jackson life. continues to be the worst coach in the NFL. They can win the game, but Hugh Jackson is still the worst coach. He's right up there with Marvin Lewis in the how the hell does yeah. this guy still have a job discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin Lewis signed a mega extension, didn't he? Yeah. Marvin Lewis, I was telling other people, he must be holding the owner's like children hostages or something. Because like I don't understand <laughs> yeah. how he's consistently produced this level of mediocrity and the ownership's like, Oh, you want seven and nine. Hey, how about another extension? Well, it the, that's the reason why is because during the regular season typically they're very well. The past few years they hadn't been, but like before that they were a 10-win team regularly in the regular season, and then they just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. So that's the reason like why Jeff they're sticking Fisher. with him. Like, he was just consistently that, like, 8-8, eight 7-9, and 10-6, eight, and 9-7 and seven kind of range and just never did anything. But, I mean, like, you've seen coaches, like Marty Schottenheimer with the Chargers, I remember from a couple, like, 10 years ago or something with LaDainian Tomlinson, they went 13-3, and three and they lost in the first round, and he got fired. So, like, it happens. Yeah. Like, Normal the, ownership groups don't have any patience too. with not producing wins, and like mm-hmm. the Bengals are just like, eh, all right, you're not, uh, you're not the Browns. The so uh, yeah, That's what it comes down to is the front office and those, the personalities there. All right. So let's finish up this division with Finishing the Baltimore the Ravens. North, Baltimore Ravens. I mean, no one in our league Ugh. has anybody on this yeah. team. No and one for good reason, there is no one on this team that's rosterable. I think the week I, one I was an outlier. I think that's it. Your reason is because you're looking at only the available ones. I found people that are rostered on this team, <laughs> including <laughs> Alex <laughs> Collins, Justin Tucker, Torres Allen. Yeah, John Brown is a, at wide receiver is probably one of the only ones. I think Alex Collins even is kind of shaky at yeah. this point because Buck Allen is taking so many of his snaps and so many of his carries. And I think the week one was kind of an outlier for Joe Flacco. Like, just because they played the Bills, he put up this monster day. But I, I don't see any of that continuing. Like, there are no tight ends. There are no wide receivers. There are no running backs that I would start on any of my teams. 
Yeah. Yeah, no reason to spend too much time on this team. Nah. Defense could be good. Kicker could be good. But all of the important positions are meh. To the Africa West. The last division Africa. that we have to go over tonight. Africa. Africa? <laughs> AFC. I'm just... Oh. Africa. I don't know. Sounds like you're saying Africa. <laughs> anyway, uh, who's in this division? Uh, <laughs> to the West? Yeah, I'm literally so, just looking so at that the list. We'll go with Oakland Raiders. I was going to say it'd be Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, and... So I delivered a piece to the guy earlier tonight, Chargers. and uh, he had a Raider shirt on, and I like wanted to say something about it, but I didn't know what to say about the Raiders other than like bad things. So I just didn't say <laughs> anything went, to him. <laughs> like, hey, man. your team sucks. Doing, hey, they're moving to Las Vegas man. next year. I'll tell you what, man. I'll we better what. learn what a blitz is. <laughs> tell you what, uh, this Derek Carr's been in. Put in reverse, man. Who is this guy? Little Mac guy. He's really good. Wait, can we talk about the fact that John Gruden specifically said a good pass rusher is hard to find in yeah. his weekly press conference this week? Well, yeah, think, that's just shooting yourself in the foot, man. The a good pass rusher is hard to find. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well. Oh, unbelievable. Anyway, Jared. I mean, Cook's other than other than that, like. End. Yeah, it's just pretty much just Jared Cook, and if you can, I don't even think it's like a Russian roulette with with Amari Cooper. Like, oh yeah, you got a couple shots in the chamber, you got a couple empties. Like he's either getting twenty five or he's getting six. Like you just don't know. Jordy hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, yeah I, I honestly don't see much out of Jordy this year. I, I got to yeah. be honest. I love Jordy, but I just I think he's over the hill a little bit, and it, it pains me to say that. Night night, Jordy. Beast mode is a touchdown or bust player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doug so Martin, I think, was a sleeper for some some experts, and Doug Martin hasn't really gotten in there enough to, to do anything. I think Doug Martin would depend on an, a Marshawn Lynch injury, which isn't likely given his history. Yeah. Well, another team I don't think we really need to talk about too much. Poor Gruden. Tell you what, man. Yeah. This guy went out there to Oakland. I'll tell you what, he's going to be in Las Vegas pretty he's soon. He's going to be in Las Vegas pretty soon, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Although they probably should have won last week. I mean, the game with Denver, Denver was down pretty much most of the game, and then Case Keenum came down and led him for a game-winning store, score. So, Oakland, or, uh, yeah, Oakland, they, they probably should have won last week, but yeah. just couldn't close well, it out. Anyway, next team, the L.A. Chargers. I, I still I love how everybody on ESPN still calls them yeah, San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. They're like, oh, I mean, LA. I oh. just, the soccer stadium, too. There's the, the Chargers are a joke of a team. They don't um, have any home games this year. Like, they have zero home games because even the first week against the Chiefs, it was all Chiefs fans. Like, they just get invaded by any fan base. That, that but, soccer stadium. And but they're a good team still, they're regardless really of where team. they're playing. They have no fans, though. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Well, actually, but I think this week playing the Rams, <laughs> like Keenan Allen is still probably a good fantasy play just because he's Keenan oh, Allen absolutely. and he gets a ton of targets. Yeah. Yeah, but I think like those board. those fringe players like Eckler and Mike Williams, I don't recommend starting them just because the Rams defense is just so tough. Yeah. But agreed. But the Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, you got to start them no matter what. Yeah, yeah see who the kicker up. is. 
Caleb Sturgis. Caleb Sturgis. Would you rather have Jake Kelly or Caleb Sturgis right now? Well, we, we, we had the option back in the day. I'm not talking right now. Uh, it's got to be Jake, but... You say that so sad. <laughs> Jake's automatic beyond 40. Inside 40, who even knows? <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I agree with Jason. I think uh, they've got definitely some good players to have for the season, but this week they have a tough draw. It's also at Rams Stadium. Um, yeah. I know you think that it'd be a home game for both of them, but like you said, they're still trying to figure out how to get a fan base there. They're going to um, be sharing a stadium starting next year. Melvin Gordon, you still got to start him. Keenan Allen, you still got to start him. Yeah, they're, they're you drafted them as probably a number one wide receiver, maybe a number two, and then probably your number one running back. So yeah. those guys are definitely going to be starting every week. Eckler, I think, is an interesting option going forward. Uh, after this week, I think Eckler has been getting enough looks, similar to a situation where it's like Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. When yeah, I was just healthy. about to say that. I think after this week, you could conceivably play both of them in yeah. your starting lineup with confidence, regardless of injury situation. So we don't see many teams like that, but I agree. I think Eckler is going to be a good pass-catching option going forward out of the running back position. Uh, so stash him. He's only owned in 54% of leagues right now. So go for him. Um yeah, I don't think too much beyond the, the starters there and Eckler. I wouldn't go too far into, like, the wide receiver depth. And, and they have no tight end. ends. Like, no I, tight end. Antonio Gates, he's well past his prime. And, Sorry, buddy. And he's I touchdown or bust. But anymore. I was trying to think of this the other day. With, you know, Melvin Gordon and Eckler kind of breaking out as this kind of two-running back system that you can start both, and then you had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman from this year and a couple years and stuff like that, and then – uh, Kamara and Ingram last year, and then you had Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams way back in the, the early 2010s with the, the Panthers. Are there any other teams that have produced this caliber of, like, you can start both running backs with confidence each week? Uh, have there ever been any other instances like that? Uh, I, honestly, I can't think of other than, uh, you know, like we just said, the, the Falcons and Tevin Coleman. Um yeah, like it doesn't happen very often. No, like this is not this really. is pretty rare. And I think Philip Rivers can like this offense is good enough that it can support it. Like I think one of those traits is like this this system has to depend on a good quarterback that can stretch the field. Like you had last year with the Saints as Drew Brees and then you had uh two oh, years yeah, ago Saints, with Saints Matt Ryan's Yeah, and then two years ago you had Matt Ryan's MVP season. So he was stretching out the field and allowing Coleman and Freeman to have these these big games every game so I think it depends on the good quarterbacks to allow them to get the carries and to get them the targets in the passing game to allow both of them to be fantasy relevant on any given week so I think this offense can support it as the season goes on well let's move from one good offense to another even better offense oh um, yeah the most productive offense I'd say across the board in fantasy so far this season the Kansas City Chiefs yeah for um, sure I would agree except for the running back position I think uh, I mean, Kareem Hunt's even, been a little bit of a letdown based on his draft position but still yeah, still pretty good yeah but yeah I think you're still going to be getting plenty of Kareem Hunt in the future um, this is one of those situations where they're defying kind of what you would expect out of football where uh, well I guess Technically, in the, the Pittsburgh game, they were in a shootout because Pitt, they were letting Pittsburgh score all the time. 
So that's why they had to keep scoring themselves. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh came back into it. But yeah, that's one of the biggest things that they can get they got going for them is they got a crappy defense. So they have to <laughs> be scoring five touchdowns a game, you know. So yeah. I think that they're definitely good offense, all their n- number one guys. Um, obviously, you want to own and start them. I think the only one that is questionable would be Sammy Watkins. Well, what do we yeah, think I about think, him? Is he going to be even like he, a flex player going forward? Yeah, I think he, he's a flex play. I, I I don't I wouldn't say he's in that like starting tier of wide receivers. Like if if you can help it, but. I think he's a he's a flex play. He definitely deserves to be in a, a starting lineup somewhere, um, just based on how how many opportunities the offense has. I think so far the first two yeah. weeks he just hasn't happened to get that touchdown play. But going forward, like Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill aren't going to get all of the touchdowns that Pat Mahomes throws, and he's going to throw a lot because this guy's this guy's really damn good. But yeah, yeah, the past two he, weeks. I, I mean, he's not going to keep up the five touchdown average. No, no. Yeah, but I, I saw think he could easily he, uh, keep up three a game. He, uh, so far in the first two weeks, he has ten touchdowns, which is the most in NFL history for the first two weeks. Not just a first-time starter. Not, I mean, he's basically a rookie. Not just a rookie, but like in all of the NFL, and that includes uh, three years ago when Peyton Manning had seven in the first week and then followed it up with, I guess, two or less. Um, so yeah, Pat Mahomes has the highest number of touchdowns in NFL history through the first two weeks. And yeah, I think we'll uh, see if he keeps it up. Yeah, it, it's definitely not going to continue the way it is because that would be just absurd. But well, yeah, I think as the as the season goes on, Sammy Watkins will get more involved, and he'll just get that those looks in the in the red zone maybe, or he'll have a big play break out or something like that. But I think so far, he's not going like two catches for twenty eight yards. Like he's he's getting good stat lines. He's just not getting in the red zone and getting that touchdown play. So I think it'll it'll happen eventually. Yeah, I think that, um, like we said, Mahomes might not be throwing this many touchdowns all season, but he was generous enough to do it for me when I played against uh, you guys, so I'll always appreciate him for that. Um, <laughs> by the way, I just wanted to remind you of like, how bad we lost in that game. God, I think I almost doubled you up. Yeah, we're going to move forward. Um, who's left? <laughs> You know, fantasy football is always that game of, like, should I have started this guy? Or, like, oh, damn it, if I had just started this guy. But, like, in Hungy's case, it doesn't matter who he started. He could have started the perfect combination of whoever was on his team, and he still wouldn't have come close. Yeah, I did have an unusually good week. I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Last team to get to, uh, Denver Broncos. Um... And that running this back is, situation is just is a team of all the the second guys being better than the first guys you drafted for the position. Right, as a Demarius Thomas owner, <laughs> not thrilled. Uh, and then yeah, there's Manuel the Sanders uh, is the guy there right now. Then there's the where the hell did this guy come from in uh, Philip Lindsay? Yeah, just, right, everybody expected it to be Royce Freeman. It, it, yeah, yeah, and if it wasn't Royce Freeman, everyone was saying, "All right, well, if it's not Royce Freeman, it's Devontae Booker." And then Philip Lindsay just, "Hey, here I am. I'm here to stay." Apparently, I will say my favorite part about Philip Lindsay is looking at his picture on the thing. And just yeah, let's oh, talk yeah, about the <laughs> <laughs> What's a red foo? <laughs> I do love that he's from Denver too. So he's like he? a local. Yeah, he's from Denver, and he's. I think he went to Colorado or Colorado State or something. So he's like 
a Denver Bronco basically through and through, almost like Corey Clement. Didn't Corey Clement grow up in uh, like South Jersey or something? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Well. So it's it's that exact scenario. Just an undrafted guy coming up and uh, just making it happen when the opportunity calls. I think it's uh, again another case of small sample size. So let's see how they they run their offense going forward. I wouldn't count Royce Freeman out yet necessarily. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If you have Royce Freeman, like obviously don't drop him, but like I think at this point you can't Lindsay's start. Lindsey's looking like Lindsey's looking like the lead guy. Yeah, right now. yeah. Like right now you can't start Royce Freeman with confidence just because you don't know what Philip Lindsey's going to do and and you don't know what the target share is going to look like because even if they get split carries, like that's just not enough for Royce Freeman to really do much at this point unless it's a goal line touch and you just can't count on that so you can't really start Royce Freeman but you definitely keep him on your roster because you just I mean you never know how quickly things change or if Phil Lindsay has an injury or whatever but if anyone still has Devontae Booker you are like two weeks late on dropping him <laughs> that's true Jason you got a uh, your shot board uh, yes, I do. I do have my uh, omniscient shot of fireball here. So. Oh, he's prepared with his yeah. fireball yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so if you guys didn't know, um, because I travel a lot, I get a shot glass from every uh, country I go to. So this time it's a Portuguese shot red glass. Alert. Jason travels. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, the red alert there. Uh, I actually try not to do that too much. So I feel like I haven't no, had I'm, those I'm too kidding. much. Um, if anybody can do that, it's you, Jason. <laughs> but, yeah, I have a, a Portuguese shot glass here. Um, and it's my bottle of omniscient fireball that gives me inspiration and gives me ideas. So I don't have any of this beforehand, but here we go. Let's hear it. Ooh. All right, so. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it, gets, it gets spicier every time we take yeah, a it's shot just like Yeah, it. it's just like a shot to the brain, like a, a lightning bolt um, of inspiration. So what's so, your brain blast today? Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> so my Jimmy Neutron brain blast, uh, my fire start of the week is Derek Carr because Derek he's been kind of underwhelming so far this year, and I think he's one of those guys that a lot of people drafted him thinking that he'd be in this high-powered offense and he's kind of underwhelmed, and he might be on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, but I think he should be in your starting lineup if you don't have a better option. Like, obviously, if you have a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or a Pat Mahomes or even a Deshaun Watson, those are your must-starts every week no matter what, no matter who they're playing. But if you have like a maybe an Alex Smith or uh, someone like that, or Ben Roethlisberger that you're playing on the matchups, then I think Derek Carr is a guy that warrants a start because he's been improving week by week because the first week he scored 6.1 in our league with three interceptions, and then the second week he got 15. Uh, with one touchdown, two eight, 288 yards. But those two weeks, he was playing against some pretty good defenses. Like, he played against the Los Angeles Rams first week. He had three interceptions, which you can't – I guess you can blame on him, but the Rams one are just really – terrible. Th- yeah, th- they, they just did not look good, and the Rams are a really damn good defense. So yeah, I saw a stat true. that the two starting cornerbacks, uh, Marcus Peters and Akeet Talib, have allowed 37 receiving yards against them combined. Jesus. Through two games. Yeah. So those two guys have allowed 37. So you can't really, like, judge Carr on that. They're just really good. And I don't see that continuing, but that's kind of an outlier, I would think. In Denver, they have that really good pass rush with uh, Von Miller. Um, And then this week, they're coming into kind of a weird matchup with Miami. So I think Miami, they don't have, like, an amazing defense. They don't have amazing cornerbacks. And they have a pretty good offense themselves. So I think this could turn into a shootout where Carr just against Tannehill and just – 
see who can score the most points because I don't think any of these teams are particularly inspiring. So I think Carr is one of those guys that, like, he's improving. And he's actually, as we speak, eight in the league in passing yards. So he's not, like, just throwing for nothing like Sam Bradford. So I think he can keep it going and just keep improving. And as Gruden gets his, his feet under him more and more, I think this could turn into a good situation for him. All right, well, you heard it here first. Yeah. Jason's guys to, get to watch this week, Derek Carr and Corey Clement. Derek Carr. I, I disagree about Derek Carr, but I'm going <laughs> mean, to. I will say you are correct in the fact that there's probably in most leagues about seven teams that have a quarterback that they're going to start almost every week. So that leaves about three teams usually in most leagues, a 10-team league that are streaming quarterbacks. So if you're going to play quarterbacks by matchups, who are the quarterbacks you would start every week? I'm not looking at the list, but I can't. I'm no, just, just off the top of your head. Top of your head, the quarterbacks you start every week. Okay. Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, Wentz, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Pat Mahomes now is Mahomes. on that list. Yeah, Mahomes is up there. Um, Do you put Fitzmagic on that list? No. No, I didn't <laughs> put him. I will not put him on that list yet. But I think the streamers um, you're so looking at are probably Ted something Ray, Ray, like... I wouldn't start him every week. He's yeah, like I think Roethlisberger, you. you're looking at uh, Philip Rivers, you're looking at Kirk Cousins. Baker. Um, I, I might put Kirk yeah. Cousins on that list. Kirk. Yep, Kirk, Kirk's yeah. on the list. Yeah, so, and Matt Ryan, I think, is another guy that Matt you're going to stream. I wouldn't put him and, on the every week list. You wouldn't put him on the every Not week Not every week. All right, well, that, either way, that makes eight off the top of our heads without looking at anything. Okay, but yeah. The, Stafford. I think I Stafford's a streamer. Yeah, he's he's not drafted in every league, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, like if you, if you have room, like if you have one of those Rivers, Roethlisberger kind of guys, then I think Carr's worth a really good look this week. Yeah. So there you go. That's your hot take. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by Fireball, they're paying me uh, five thousand dollars per episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that's true. If that was true, I'd, <laughs> I'd have to have a conversation with you after this. <laughs> um, so, going into week two, or week, week three, three, or one game in the I know, you already, you want to relive week two so badly, but. I, no, I don't. <laughs> I want to relive February 4th. Just go back and do it again. Um. Yeah, so uh, look for a new football. episode. Look for a new episode next week where we go over everything that happened yeah. this weekend. We'll see, we'll see how we do it next week. I don't think we're going to probably going forward go I, over each team just because that takes a lot of time. Yeah, I need to win. Mm-hmm. I just I need to win. Big week out of Antonio Brown, Will Fuller, and Cam and Breida. Already off to a. Little behind with that defense only getting four points and Jarvis getting sixteen point three there. Yeah, but we'll see. All right. Um. Hopefully we got some wins across the board here. Yeah, we'll see. We're not playing against each other this week, so I think we have that in our favor. Well, at least you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's the battle of the brothers. I'm playing my brother Kevin. Oh, there you go. Oh boy. <laughs> Seeing Kevin tomorrow, he's coming with us to the birds. Well, yeah, I oh, still yeah. haven't asked him uh, what his name means. Mini fridge three Tokyo Drift. Now I'm assuming that has something. Three to do with... Tokyo Drift. I'm assuming that has something <laughs> to do with Fast that? and Furious. Yeah, like but... Slightly changed it a few times. <laughs> mini, fridge mini fridge three Tokyo Drift. <laughs> but the mini fridge part, I still don't understand. 
I saw Mini Fridge Worldwide. Mini yeah, Fridge, the mini fridge really Worldwide, Tokyo but then Drift. looking at it right now, it's Tokyo Drift. So Your brother's kind of crazy. So well, I, gotta I, ask I don't him about get it what the Mini Fridge means, so Hungy, you'll have to ask him about that for me. Absolutely. <laughs> there, uh, are, there were some teams that didn't change their name from year to year, like cool. Dan and Pete with... Or Kelly's Girl Scout troop. Dan actually changed his name. I'm surprised Dan didn't well, change Pete, his name. Well, Pete was the Blumpkins for like five years, wasn't he? Yeah. Pete was the Blumpkins. That was that had, was a solid five years. I feel like he had the and now it's Napster cool Cosby little gif with Elmo on the toilet. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to A Mac. A Mac, you lit reception. A Mac, you lit. That's a good one. He's got it. All right. Well, after this long show. Yep. Another long one. Yeah, you guys aren't going to want to listen to us for another week. So we'll see nope. next week. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'll be one and two by then, which Make doesn't sure sound good, but it sounds Probably good. Not. Make sure you go check us out on Twitter. At the handle. PPR underscore official. And then uh, look at who, your questions. Who, who signed the tweets. Take the Wonderlick test. Tweet <laughs> us your Wonderlick scores. Maybe you'll beat Ryan Fitzpatrick. You probably won't. Just like the Eagles. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get one more in. I had to get one more in. Oh and two, Nick. The Giants are oh and two. I know, but that's all at the end that you have. Uh, <laughs> yes. So take the one look test. Tweet at us at PPR underscore official. Tweet us your scores or fantasy advice. Sorry, one of us will up. answer. Yep. The other two will not, probably, but you guys are welcome, by the way, Jason and Matt, to go on log on to that Twitter. I, I have answered multiple times. I've, yes. I've, uh, I've done one poll, and that was purely selfish reasons, because last week I was unsure of who to start at wide receiver, and so I did one poll. <laughs> uh, Jason, taking advantage of the Twitter account. <laughs> did you right. go with the results is the question. Uh, I don't think I did, but I actually made the completely right decision in mm. who to start and who to bench. Well, like anyway, looking back on on who got the most points and everything, like I completely made the right decision, but I don't know if I went with the results of the poll. Mm. Well, good luck. Yeah, we have, we have dragged everybody. this on long enough. We will. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna head out now, and we will see you next week. I'm Matt. Go Birds. Nick here. And Jason. See you guys next week. Peace. Night.